Hi, I'm Will Ortel, Content Manager at CFA Institute. Welcome to another episode of the Take 15 series. I'm here with David Shaw, who's a Portfolio Manager at New River Investments, a contributor to the Enterprising Investor, and a fixture on pretty much whatever uh, Twitter must-follow list you choose to read. Uh, David, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, David, you know, I want to ask you, uh, fixed income has historically played a role as a risk stabilizer in investors' portfolios, right? And rates have been falling. That's It's worked really well. Um, rates might not fall that much further. Uh, do you expect that it's going to continue to play that risk stabilizing role or you know what sort of place does it have in the, for most investors going forward? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you know as you alluded to over the last 30 years, you know we've been in an environment of interest rates falling. And for bond investors that's been great. And I think the other thing is most people have had this perception that stocks go up, bonds go down, bonds go up, stocks go down. And they've been kind of this inversely correlated asset and I think that there's a couple things to consider here. One is there's a kind of a lower bound as far as interest rates go, and rates you know can only fall so far. So you know with the tre treasury ten-year treasury at say about 225 today, it could fall further, but most likely we're not going to be in a period of 30-year um, bull market for interest rates falling again. But I think one of the things that people need to consider is you know in the past part of the returns for fixed income investors have been the income off their coupon, the price going up, and the bond getting shorter. Well, going forward, I think the majority of the return for fixed income investors will primarily be from the coupon and from the bond shortening, which they call the roll. I think people expecting there to be um, asset price returns or um, price appreciation from fixed income going forward, I think that's a difficult assumption to make. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so, how does that? How does that mean? You know, you do your job as a portfolio manager. Like, how, you know, you're in the middle of setting up your own your new portfolio. Like, what sorts of opportunities are you pursuing? You know, to integrating that 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 insight. Great question. So, I, I think with you know rates being low right now, investors have to look at different aspects. So, you know, they're looking at the shape of the curve. Is the long end? Is there a lot of slope? You know, what we've seen the last year or so is there's been flattening where the short end has stayed pretty flat or actually come up a little bit and the long end has come down. So investors have to not only choose what types of assets they're going to be in, but actually where on the curve they'll be. And I think that's important for a number of reasons, um, you know, one being the roll. So if you're at a point of the curve where it's steep, as time elapses, your bond gets shorter and you get a return from that. So, so I think, you know, looking at curve positioning and the shape of the curve is a is a big factor for fixed income going forward. So, uh, investors need to pick their spots, obviously. But you know, what does that mean for you know what, how you're choosing your opportunities as a portfolio manager? What, what's what sort of opportunities are you running after? I think for most fixed income investors, you know, they're having to think between a couple different aspects. You know, one is credit risk, one is liquidity, um, and one is is duration. So, you know, people can get compensated in fixed income for taking duration which is buy, buying longer bonds. Um, the downside of that is they're taking more interest rate risk if rates were to rise. Credit risk, pretty straightforward. Anytime you buy a corporate bond or high yield bond or even a municipal bond, you're taking on risk that the underlying issuer can default and you're getting compensated for that. The other thing is 
liquidity. So sometimes you get a premium for holding bonds that have less liquid features to them than others. So, you know, picking between duration, credit, and liquidity, among other factors, are you know things that fixed income investors need to kind of ascertain what the best value in the market is right now. So, so are you getting paid for that? You know, with long rates falling, are you getting paid to take more duration? Um, with credit spreads at certain levels, are you getting adequately compensated for that? You know, one, one thing that's come out in the last, you know, two years or something that seems to some people entirely new is the advent of these so-called marketplace lending platforms, right? Where, you know, some of them promise to make credit decisions much more quickly by, you know, integrating in, uh, you know, information like social media, stuff from Twitter. Now, there's nothing in the CFA curriculum about using Twitter to make credit decision. Uh, is that something we should add, or is this, is this perhaps a little bit overhyped? Marketplace lending is very interesting. You know, we've seen Prosper on deck. You know, there's just a multitude of different lenders popping up. And I think it's, it's very interesting. And I think institutions have really taken to the sector due to inefficiencies in yield. So, so they're able to go to these platforms and kind of pick off one by one, you know, various loans because they feel they can look at the credit characteristics of these, properly underwrite them, and feel like they're getting a good risk-adjusted return for them. Mm -hmm. Now, are they going to displace banks? You know, I don't think so. I think that's a far-fetched concept. But I do think, you know, we're going to see you know continued growth in this. And I think the thing to watch is, you know, we haven't been through a credit cycle, so you know we don't really know how these loans are being underwritten. You know, times are good right now. We're not in a recession, but the next time we go through a credit cycle, how are they going to perform? Mm -hmm. You know, so when the rubber meets the road, I think we're going to learn a lot more about these platforms and kind of did they deliver what they promised? And you know, right now we're in the early stages of that. But but their fundamental attraction is kind of circumventing the the various levels of fees that a more traditional bank model might might offer. It's sort of like a is it is it? Yeah, I think that's I think that's part of it, and I think. You know, post-financial crisis, there's been a lot of rules and regulations that have forced banks to kind of get out of certain types of lending businesses. Mm -hmm. And those types of lending opportunities have popped up to what they call shadow banks or non-bank lending. And that's really grown exponentially. And, you know, the risks aren't gone. They're just now outside of the banking system and no longer really regulated for the most part. So the next time we go through a credit cycle, it's going to be very fascinating to see how these perform? Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, I, I you know alluded to Twitter earlier. I can't let you go without uh, asking a question about you know how you use Twitter uh, in your daily life because you know it's kind of a unique platform. You know, something that initially got you know chided for being a place where people shared pictures of their lunch has turned into one of the more effective places for professional investors to share information. Like, you know, how is that? What is it? What do you use it for? Right. I think, I think one of the, you know, the allures of Twitter is the real-time information. So I think a lot of investors use it as a news source. You know, when news breaks, they're able to see what's happening, get initial market sentiment. Um, maybe it's interest rate decision. Maybe it's jobless claims. Maybe it's earnings. And it's also a place where like-minded individuals can have intellectually stimulating conversations about about the markets and I think that's one of the platforms that allows that and does it better than you know any of the other ones that I've seen so I think as far as fostering um, discussion great market discussion I think it's a fantastic platform well, I, I agree well th David thank you so much for joining us here and, and thank you all for joining us for this episode of the take 15 series thanks will
No problem. Copyright 2016 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.